Can you guys hear that? The little bell dinging? No? Okay, good. Because my text messages, GA Kleitz has now sent me 18, 19, <laughs> 20 messages. Are they dick pics? No. But it, it is this, though. <laughs> Wait, let me see. I want to give you the, I want to give you the full scope of what's happening here. That's amazing. Here. So it, starts, it starts there. Fucking 20 text messages of just middle fingers. <laughs> Why don't we all flip the screen off, all three of us, and you can take a picture of that and send it back to him. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Emily, you too. Emily, you have to do this as well. Hi, guys. Welcome to Take Me to Coffee. This is a mentorship podcast for the digital age, for the doers, the builders, and the people just like cool shit. The best part of a coffee date is getting personal with someone who's been down the road before you. Down the road and back again. So this is your weekly chance to pick the brains of some super smart people. And soak up a whole lot of inspiration from every corner of the internet. Andrew, I'm going to make a, you know how on Instagram you can have like the story highlights on your page? Uh-huh. I'm going to make one that's just Jay Kleitz is a dick. And every time he does something Wait, like that. So like his headshot, <laughs> but with like his face replaced as a dick? Oh, I can do that too. So for everybody, you can go to Instagram, our, our story and our highlights. Jay Kleitz is a dick to also see what he was texting Andrew a second ago and what we sent back to him in return because we're just trying to record some intros, goddammit. And that's pretty much <laughs> just a typical Sunday for us. Um, you know, a, a barrage of horrible friendship and um, just middle fingers. That's pretty much how we play the game. Happy Sunday, everyone. I just want someone to love me. I want someone to love me like he loves you. That's all. There's no other love out there like that. There's not in history. Shakespeare doesn't write about things like this because this is the only love. Happy Sunday morning, Andrew. Happy Sunday morning, Jace. It's rainy here. You know how people ask, what's your favorite sound in the world? Like waking up to the sound of rain on Sunday mornings is actually, I think, one of my very favorite sounds in the world. Is it the rain on the window Mm -hmm. or is it just like the drip, drip, dribble from the eave to the sill? Well, I don't really know how the outer mechanics of my building work. I'm not sure we have eaves, but one way or the the other, the sound of rain. (laughs) It's great. Because you know about building technology and science. Oh, man. And of course, now Jay is uh, texting me back, and it's uh, we're at oh, no. 15, <laughs> 16, 17, <laughs> such a 18. Dick. Uh, yeah, it's, he's such an asshole. He really is such an asshole. I'm actually not kidding. I'm definitely making a Jay Kleitz as a dick highlight. So now he's yeah, got to yeah, keep yeah. it up. And hopefully we can get that trending um, you know, on our Twitter. <laughs> you know, just follow us at uh, TM2C Podcast on Twitter, and uh, hopefully we can get that trending. That feels like a really like excellent payback for the fact that he has no social media. So like I couldn't tag him in anything when this episode came out this last week. And it really is annoying to me because he's so wonderful, and I want everybody to hear that episode. So now we just make him trend all over the social media. He That's what I'm saying. If you, make, if you make him trend. The only way that he's going to trend right now, because he just got Facebook, is if he throws up like a uh, an acorn squash chili <laughs> recipe for grandmas out there. It's the only way he's going to trend on Although I social. like the idea of that too that but only his demographic is like octogenarians that's 80 year olds if for anybody who doesn't know what that means no that feels really right and you know what that reminds me of by the way segue Mm -hmm. have you watched modern love yet on uh amazon no i haven't yet Oh my God, for those of you listening who have not watched it, they're little half hours, so they're really good for like the end of the night, but they're based on this series of essays from the New York Times about love. And they're so quintessentially New York. They are so beautiful. I literally, the last two nights have just sat 
on my couch and bawled my eyes out watching this because it's so beautiful. So are you telling me, and I haven't seen this yet and I can't wait to check it out, but you're telling me this is kind of like the real documentary style series of Sex in the City? Like if Samantha had really written stories about love, this is what it would be? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe because it's much more like the second one, for instance, which is a good example, is the founder of Hinge, uh, which is a dating app wrote this uh-huh. essay that it's based on for the times about this particular love of his life that got away. And then he was doing an interview about Hinge years later and blah, blah, blah. But they've adapted it for the Prime series. So it's like not exactly the same details as the original essay. Right. And that particular episode is Dev Patel, who's so amazing, and Catherine Keener, yeah. who's the reporter. Yes, they got like crazy ass stars. So yeah, I think so. It's just that each episode is different people. And so there are different okay. versions of love, which is what reminded me to pull it back to octogenarians and Jake <laughs> I want to say something just to qualify this. I've never actually seen an episode of Sex and the City. I only know the premise. That's why I was able to just kind of pull that out of thin air. I feel like had you not been on the road in your early 20s all the time, you would have definitely been one of the like dudes on Sex and the City for sure. Like oh, one of the one episode yeah, dudes, yeah, you know, yeah. that just yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like I was a cater waiter at uh, an event and handed somebody champagne or something. No, I actually, you know what I'm imagining in my head is you circa first day of college when you were mm-hmm. in your overalls and you had this kitty backpack Power on Rangers. your back. Power Rangers. Power backpack. Rangers. Yeah. 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 That's, I think if I was going to write you into an episode, that's the guy you would be. And you'd walk across and, you know, Samantha would be like, who are you? And then you'd have like a one episode arc with uh, Samantha as like a country bumpkin from, you know, Arkansas who had just gotten to the city. God damn Call that. me, anybody who wants me to write. Wow. That's a, uh, <laughs> God, now I'm like, wh- what would the series have been like then? <laughs> If Andrew Call had been a part it of kind it. It kind of would have just gone in a whole different direction. I feel like they probably would have got at least another four seasons out of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's modest, oh, folks. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Humility is my strong point. What have you been up to? I feel like I've been yakking this whole time. What are you up to this week? I do a lot of nothing. Yeah. Uh, I pretty much just work all the time. And then I call my wife on the phone and I tell her that I'm working all the time. And she's like, oh, I'm going to a costume party. I don't know. I'm doing all this cool stuff. I'm going to openings and shit like that. I'm like... That's amazing. That's so great. I go watch movies by myself. I'm not trying to say that like I'm not having a great time. I'm trying to get the last couple of you know warm days of golf in mm-hmm. with some good friends before all the clubs around here close because we haven't been above 50 degrees in the last almost two weeks. It's like oh, it's no. winter is setting in in Chicago. Like you know, bringing out the long underwear and the gloves and the face masks and Chicago's amazing, but uh, the winter sucks. <laughs> a good time to talk about our guest today. Who are we talking about today? Uh, only one of my favorite human beings ever. Although I feel like I can't say that because it's really true of everybody. Is it a video game designer? Yes. Is he living in London currently? Yes. Is it Zachary ZQ Quarles? Yeah. Oh Insert God! Do we have a sound effect? We're speaking with Zach Quarles, also known as ZQ, one of the premier sound designers of video games. I would wager a guess to say a in the entire and world. Director. I mean, this guy's like, he, he's prolific in the world of game design right now. 
um, and has been for quite a few years, right? He has, yeah. He's been doing it since, oh gosh, the mid-2000s, I think, actually. Maybe early 2000s. He went to Raven first, which was up in Madison. He was at Day yeah. One in Chicago. Went over to Microsoft, did a bunch of Xbox stuff, and now is with like a subsidiary company of, of Microsoft over in London. And he's working on some really cool shit. Man, he's created his own languages, alien languages. Oh my God. I feel like, too, this... This episode is super exemplary of the crazy shit that happens on this podcast, which is like, when was the last time you sat down and said to yourself as a theater practitioner, I think that I would like to learn about video game sound design. And I think that I will actually take lots of interesting ideas from it and apply it to my life. <laughs> exactly. But also there's a theatricality there to sound design and to, you know, you have to be a great actor. You have to have a great ear uh, musically. And all mm -hmm. of these things kind of tie in together. So it's pretty much a no brainer. It's just like where your interests lie. Being a well-rounded actor is being a well-rounded human, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Knowing everything is like the key to success in acting. Yeah. Knowing everything that you can possibly right. know. And then sometimes you find that acting's not maybe your number one passion. And you find something that's even more exciting to you. Don't limit yourself. Anyway, today's episode was ZQ. He designed a game called Archangel, the House of the Seven Stars, along with his brother that's available on Steam. He's got a music project called Single Frequency, which is available on Spotify and iTunes. And you can follow him along on Twitter at ZQ underscore audio and IG at the Mighty ZQ. If you're into video games, his feeds are like where it's at. He's yakking with like all of the most amazing game designers, game actors, all that good stuff. So you totally want to follow him. Listen, if you guys like this episode, so don't forget to follow us at TM2C Podcast and leave us a video ask question for our upcoming guests. And you could be featured on this episode of TM2C. Yeah. And today, Sunday, where we're recording this intro of this week is our very first suggestion Sunday where you can send in the new people you've started following on your favorite social media that are cool and smart and awesome that you want us to have on the podcast. Even porn stars. You could, uh, oh. yeah, you could put. Oh, my God. I'd love to interview a porn star. Are you kidding me? I want to know what the I want to know the ins and outs. Pardon the pun. Oh of the fucking porn industry there is a porn star named jessica ryan and i often get caught they tag me accidentally a lot in porn threads on twitter which stop, they are always stop. so apologetic about but i'm so like this good? Is, yes it's yes like, so you're 100%. Like, oh, yeah no i fuck so what it's <laughs> it's even-handedly like the best thing in my life and also my like arch nemesis because i get really annoyed that i don't have like the top spot when you google search oh, which is crazy because right, right, i have right. so many videos up and you know all the stuff but like she wins for sure so jessica ryan the porn star call us yeah sure <laughs> We're going to go find a porn star to talk to, and you're going to listen to this amazing episode of Take Me to Coffee with ZQ, Zach Quarles. Royal Leamington Spa. How is Royal it? Royal Leamington Spa. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's quite debonair. Uh, it's good. It's really good. It's, um, let's see, I guess we've been here about seven months now. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a hell of a year. Lamington? Royal Lamington? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Lamington. Lamington. Lamington Spa. Royal Lamington Spa. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's like this, on paper, I think it says it's about an hour and a half from London, but really to get to any real destination via train, it's probably a solid two hours. Whoa. Yeah. It's close by, but just far enough that it can be problematic to have like a daily commute. We are terrified to drive here. My mom's actually coming to visit in <gasps> September. Oh my God, that's next month. 
and she's going to yeah. be here for three weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take her up to Ireland for a few days, and we decided oh, that cool. so we'd go ahead and rent a car. And since we'll just be on back road, you know, back country roads, you know, just going along a cliff that goes down into the ocean, what could go wrong? Cliffs as well? Like not to have two double stress there. You Now you have to worry about cliffs. Just rolling straight off into the ocean. That's what I envision. It's not, that's not frightening at all. The <laughs> yeah. first time my mother comes to visit, hey, let's fall into the sea. <laughs> it's, it's a decent way to go, honestly. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess there are less scenic ways to go. Tell my story. <laughs> Remember me. <laughs> Overall, uh, recommend or not recommend a U.S. person aspiring to go work overseas? You know, it's it was something for me that I always wanted to, to live abroad. There were a couple of jobs that came up over the years that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Audio director in Paris. And one of the job requirements was, must speak excellent English. I was like, I do that. <laughs> Nailed it. But but I had to translate the actual job description in Google <laughs> Translate to actually know what it was. So that one was out. But no, like it kind of always been something, even even since college, is like I, I want to be able to live outside of the States uh, for a portion of my life. For me, it was... It was a really safe way of doing it. You know, it was like, mm. I didn't have to do like a, a brand new job. Microsoft was taking care of a lot of the infrastructure for like the work visa. And they, you know, they covered Beth, my partner's work visa as well. You know, as someone in their now 40s, dear God, uh, <laughs> it was it was the easiest way for us to, to do it. So far, I would definitely say if anyone has the opportunity and the means, absolutely explore it because I think it just makes you a better person across the board it's scary but it's what makes you stronger i feel like you've just put a lot of pressure on yourself because i demand to see the results that you're a better person <laughs> well there's, there's only one way but up. only go up from here my friend <laughs> uh, i have a really important question which is what the fuck do you do on a daily basis <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a question i've been asking myself for 19 years now like if someone was like, oh, I've never thought about being an audio engineer for video games or a designer for video yeah. games. What, what do you do nine to five? Oh, God, it's like every day is different. And it depends on the project. It depends on the company. It depends on, on a myriad of different things. But at the end of the day, what we're kind of responsible as audio professionals uh, in this in this field is creating an experience for player that will be memorable and that kind of brings soul to the game experience. I think that's something that I've always kind of associated with my job is that something with visuals, it's more of a tangible. You know, you can kind of look mm. at at a graphic on a screen and kind of be like, that looks cool. But if a piece of music or if a, a vocal performance or a really crazy sound effect, you know, affects you, a lot of times you can't really pinpoint why but it drives into your soul and it kind of affects you from the inside as opposed to just like, a, oh, here's here it is in my face. And part of my work as a storyteller, as an audio storyteller, has always been about find the soul and find what uh, the player will grab onto. I find that fascinating being a video game player myself and being a voiceover artist. I, I took for granted like the actual aural gameplay, which is kind of... Mm -hmm 
really works in tandem and sometimes and oftentimes elevates a video experience playing the game, like footsteps in the background, ambient noise, things like that, like Foley type stuff. But then also, you know, you do find those actors like the Sam uh, Witherspoon playing like the CEO, the Call of Duty, you know, kind of stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, these voices that you recognize, but you don't recognize. And you're like, I know that voice, but I don't know that voice. And you're having these experiences. And I think that's such a it's such a taken for granted art form. Especially to someone who doesn't understand that I I love this game, but I don't know why. And it's not just the visuals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because we are reaching that point. Well, we we already are at the point of voice is just a part of it now. Now now we're doing full performance capture. We're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, facial scans, body scans of of actors and, and they're performing everything. In, you know, a mocap suit with cameras, with all of these markers on their face, with high end microphones all over the place. So it's almost like digital theater, right? interactive theater. And we're reaching crazy amount of fidelity, you know, the more advanced we become with technology and with the, the home consoles or PC technologies, it's just, it's becoming very impressive. There's a lot of uncanny valley stuff that, that I think we still need to figure (laughs) out in terms of an industry. Um, It's also becoming very complicated for legal reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, actors dealing with their likenesses, dealing with their voice. Yeah. There's all kinds of interesting kind of stuff that's happening on that front right now. I feel like every second sag after a magazine that we get monthly, like there's a huge article about deep fakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's an entire podcast in and of itself of how terrifying right. that stuff is. It's really funny to see Bill Hader morph into Arnold Schwarzenegger during his Im- impersonation, but then <laughs> Yikes. The political ramifications of what that can mean, that's that's kind of like, okay, we're doomed. <laughs> There's no way out of this shit show. <laughs> cool. I have a weird thought that leads to a question as well. You know how like master sommeliers have gone through this like rigorous blind tasting process where they can mm-hmm. smell and feel and taste all these notes and recognize something. Are you like, is it like that to be a really good sound designer to be able to see and listen to like a scene and be able to hear when it's not full or when it's not alive. Yeah, I think it is. And I think I think there's part of my job is being able to look at a scene or look at a system or look at, you know, anything and be able to break down each component and figure out how that puzzle piece gets built back up to become the experience that, you know, we're striving to do. And then you have like these sub kind of things that how to take seemingly innocuous material, record that in such a way to make it bring impact and bring mm. an emotional core. I think you're right. I think that kind of what we do is finding sort of an everyday vocabulary for something that doesn't uh, speak to everyone. You know, there's not a vocabulary that everyone kind of shares. We have to kind of be the arbiter for that. That's amazing. Speaking of vocabulary. Yeah. (laughs) I think we have a question that ties perfectly in with that. Let's go answer that. Mr. Quarles, my name is Arnie. I'm a longtime fan. I can see by the illustration over your head that that's from Quake, and I'm a big fan. Now, it's urban legend that you created a Strog language on your own that was used in the game, and I thought that was fascinating. That's like like Tolkien did for elves or orcs. I'm wondering, one, if you actually did that and there was a Strog language, and two, if you've had the opportunity in in another game to do the same thing. Thanks so much. (laughs) So that's Arnie. He drew the picture that was up on my wall. So Arnie is one of the most gifted uh, 
illustrators, artists that I know. He actually worked on a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of uh, Magic the Gathering stuff. And he and I worked together at Raven for a number of years. And he knows for a fact that I (laughs) did a strong language because he did a lot of voice performance with it. For those of you that don't know, the Quake franchise kind of has like these, has several different titles in the franchise and not really any of them are connected, like two and four are kind of in the same universe, but the rest of them are kind of kind of their own thing. And uh, Arnie and I worked on Quake 4 together, and the alien race are called the Strog. And uh, one, of, one of the big things as I was working on that was I was building out a, a language that was essentially like a phonetic replacement for the English language. And I kind of built out this alphabet and this this phrase guide and then I'd use I'd use Shakespeare as sort of what it would actually sound like. So I'd take clips from you know like That's Richard so cool. III or something like that and translate yes. it, kind of like like the iambic pentameter. Uh, no, no, it wasn't necessarily like building the rhythm. It was more just building just what the phonetic kind of equivalent uh, of wow. of the alien language versus the English language was. And I just used I used Shakespeare as just sort of the guidepost to see how it sounded. It was my take on. Star Trek doing Klingon or something, just kind of like finding a weird sounding thing that the human vocal cords could still do. That's so cool. I might have that document somewhere. I have no idea. I'd have to I'd have to God, go back so through cool. and see if I can figure it out. It's super nerdy and but it was fun. Speaking of being a nerd, this is such a stupid little thing that I do like in my life. Uh so I listen to people a lot, right? Do a lot of VO and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But when I hear a voice, I'm like, oh, that's that actor. And I can like pretty much name my friends or anybody that I've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, I know that guy. Arnie sounds like Creed Bratton from The Office. <laughs> it's an uncanny. It is I fucking totally uncanny hear that. how good totally that he that. is. He is like a Creed voiceover actor. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. Timber tone, all of it. It was like, it was right in it. I was like, yeah. He's one of my favorite characters. Yep. That's, yeah. I, I literally thought Arnie was like the character name. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a character name. I was like, oh, no, no, that's his real name. And then I looked him up and I was like, oh, no, it's Creed Bratton. That's his real name. Creed Bratton plays Creed Bratton. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, let's go on to a real question. Hi, my name is Stephanie, and I'm from Queens, New York. My question is, how much on average of video game sound design is original recorded media? Thanks. Um, it depends on the project. I try to do as much original as I possibly can. If you are in super fast turnaround, then libraries are your friends, but don't rely on them. Make them your own. Figure out ways of modifying them to fit the scene, to fit that emotional core that you're looking for. I try to do as much original recording as I possibly can. I was kind of spoiled at, at Xbox because we had a full Foley stage. Wow. When I was working on a game like Killer Instinct, we had super, super fast turnaround. We had to do about a 1,000 audio assets per character in a month. So the release model Fuck. was, yeah, wow. yeah it, it was insane. Wow. We, we released one character a month. This was for season two. And then in season three, uh, it doesn't really matter. We changed the, we changed the release for a portion of season three, but then we went back into the monthly cadence. Um, but you'd have to do full audio sweep, complete sound design, complete fully pass VO session, process all of that stuff, uh, implement it all, mix it while these characters are still being designed and built. We would look at the schedule and I'd be like, okay, we need to have three days at the very beginning to have a full recording session. Here are all the props that we need to record. These are the behaviors we need to record. 
go. We'll do that. Let's cast the VO actor, get that done in one four-hour session, typically. We we tried, like, there were a couple of roles that we had to do multiple days, like narrator roles. And, you know, there were some characters that were more sound design based, so their voices were mine. The dinosaur creature, that's all me. Big rock creature, that's all me. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, it, it was just, like, super, super fast turnaround and that kind of stuff. It was so specific and the sound design, basically the beat sheet, the cue sheet for something like that. You would never be able to do that with a library that's out there right now. Everything had to be bespoke because it was so, so specific. Mm. Um, this project that we're working on now, you know, it's it's a long range forecast. So we're not planning on having any library in this. And that's sort of the the MO of us as the audio department. It's a challenge for our for ourselves to be like that brings something you said in there is so interesting. Like corporations in general, I feel like that could not be true, possibly, but are not super great at understanding that you cannot plan for every single thing sometimes, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to creativity. And it's so neat to hear that like in a lot of situations, it sounds like when you have all that going on simultaneously, there has to be a culture where you're kind of left to like, oh, well, that worked out that way. And that's not exactly what we planned, but cool. I mean, is that something you find a lot? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, again, it, it, it does depend on whatever team you're working with, whatever company you're working with, because, you know, it's like there are some people within corporations that do not understand that. Yeah. And that, that will always be a struggle to a certain extent. But if you have people on the team that really get it and, you know, everyone's kind of been in the trenches together, they, they know what to expect and they know to kind of schedule in some buffer time of spinning your wheels or screwing something up or mm -hmm. or whatever. The, the thing that we try to say in Xbox is fail fast. Sure. It's like, if, if you're going to screw it up, screw it, like go all in, go all in really quickly and figure it out and fuck up as much as you can, as quickly as you can, and, and then move on down the road. That also seems like a really perfect job for you. I imagine you in my head, like zooming down hallways, just <laughs> fucking shit up. <laughs> just pulling pictures off the wall. Ah, okay. Yeah. That didn't sound good. Uh, pulling people out of their chair. No. Just okay. running around with a microphone constantly, just taping everything. <laughs> that was it. I found it. <laughs> Have you ever recorded anyone pooping? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> That was easy. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> there's all kinds of recordings of uh, gas and other bodily functions. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in. It's like, do you actually do, like, when you're in your fully experience, do you actually catch people farting? No, yeah. Yeah, I've caught myself farting in, okay. in sessions okay. before. I mean, fully sessions take a really long time. So you'll be in there for hours and hours and hours. And every so often, I'll be going back through my edits and hear a... Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> Best mic for your farts? Oh, probably. I would probably say the DPA 4060s. Pretty good. Solid. Wow. It seems like a lot of power for just a small amount of gas. <laughs> Who said it was a small amount? Yeah. I mean, if you really want to go okay. crazy, you go, you go with the new, uh, go with the new Sankin because it, it records at a higher <laughs> Uh, frequency range that the human ear can actually hear 
and then you can pitch shift yep. it down to the point mm -hmm. where you can yep. actually hear those frequencies. So you really get the detail. It's really nice. I'd yeah. like to have a tasting sampler of uh, <laughs> some different farts next week, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. When Andrew and I discussed this uh, podcast originally, we were like, man, mentorship podcasts take themselves too seriously. We really want this to be about advice, but also fart jokes. And today right. we have achieved what we were out to achieve. I'm, I'm here to please. That's that's what I specialize in mentorship. Oh, God. Hey, let's, uh, let's go to another question from a listener. We got some really good questions for you. Okay. Hey, Zach. It's Heather from Springfield, Missouri. I'm wondering if you have some advice for college-age students, people who might be attending university and have the opportunity to take classes in a wide range of areas. If they're interested in sound design, what would you recommend that they take while they're in college? Thanks for any advice you have. Oh, thank you, Heather. Uh, a lot of music classes are helpful. It's, it doesn't really matter if you're a musical person or not, but having, having a grounding, one, like theory, is good. Particularly if you're going to go into a realm where audio is such a huge component of your career, being able to communicate to a lot of different people, whether that be music composers, mm -hmm. and being able to say, I may myself may not be able to play an instrument incredibly well or write the best tune, but it kind of goes back to what I was saying previously about establishing a vocabulary. You can start to kind of like build out, okay, whenever we're thinking about a musical vision for a project, you can have this kind of real conversation with someone because you have a backing in what they're, what they're qualified to do. So it's, it's just a good component to understand, you know, from a vocabulary standpoint. But moving on from that, it's also good to understand the idea of timbre of pitch, of tone, of volume, of like all of this other stuff that all these instruments, they, they all have these other characteristics that bleed into everyday life. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing something tonal, if you're doing something atonal, if you start building up this repertoire of stuff in your sonic arsenal that you can kind of be like, oh, I don't know how to approach this, this sound effect. Ah, you know what? I think a prepared piano would actually work really well. Mm. understanding that, you know, if you bow something and use vibrations of a, a piano string, you have kind of that knowledge of what that sonic signature actually is. So lots of audio stuff or lots of music classes, lots of computer classes. It doesn't mean you have to be like computer science major or anything, although that is helpful. That kind of stuff is really, really great to have in your back pocket, just being technically proficient, you know, particularly if you're, if you're doing this in the video game industry. But then outside of that, if, if you're going game specific, then classes are great. Learning game engines is really good. Learning audio middleware is really good. So audio middleware are, uh, they're basically programs that are specified for specific disciplines. So you have like graphic middleware, you have audio middleware, and there are a few different ones within the audio realm that are kind of industry standard. And everything's pretty much freely available. You can download stuff. You can start messing around with it. There are a ton of tutorials. YouTube is your friend. You know, that's that's also a really great source of education these days. And uh, wish that I had it, <laughs> you know, whenever I was starting <laughs> out. Wah, 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 wah. But it is, you know, it, it is out there and, and there's a lot of really great content. The material is there, so take advantage of it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like classes are great. Education is great. 
but you also have to want it. You have to actually push yourself to, to do this stuff and don't expect something just to drop into your lap because this is fiercely, fiercely competitive. We are, we're all kind of in the same boat, you know? Mm-hmm. I kind of associate uh, the game industry with what theater went through in the 70s, the 60s and 70s, when, when theater schools became much more prevalent. So then you had this influx of graduates that were coming into a market that was already saturated. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very difficult to stand out or to feel like your voice is being heard. You have to want it and you have to kick ass at doing it and, and push yourself to do it. <clears throat> Would you recommend as a um, as someone who wants to do sound design and someone who wants to be in your shoes, do you recommend playing video games and listening to video games? Like, you know, I mean, as a like a voice actor, I'm, I'm always paying attention to trends and things like that on commercials. And, mm-hmm. you know, do you recommend that for kids uh, or young people who are getting into that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, Playground, where I work, they're very, very gamer kind of forward. Yeah. It's actually a big portion of the interview process is what are you playing and why are you playing it and what do you think about it and deconstruct it. Cool. There is a really big component of analysis of what's out there right now, what's historically is out there out there and why, you know, why did it make an impact? Why are things now making an impact or not making an impact? There are a lot of conversations around the building pretty much every day about what everyone's playing. Um, there's a lot of homework a lot of times. Nerds. Yeah, I nerds. love it. It's so sick. And, and are they nerds though? Because like somebody just won the Fortnite, like some sixteen-year-old kid won this fucking Fortnite like Amazing. championship. It's unbelievable. E- oh, E sixty gaming is yeah. like it's one of the biggest, and it's televised now. Like yeah. it's, gaming yeah. is a huge, huge industry. Esports is pretty incredible, and and having having been like a part of the fighting game community with Killer Instinct, it's just such an incredible thing. Like how passionate and how technical it is. Like watching people uh, deconstruct a game in real time while they're playing. I worked on that game for three and a half years. Just get my ass mopped anytime I got into <laughs> any of these like I did really great in Killer Instinct the night of release I jumped in and like owned <laughs> everyone and then I stopped playing it and I was like and I'm done because I knew I was just gonna get destroyed uh, well, right I mean it's, it's about the time you put in right with anything it's like yeah. you spent years and years building it but then these kids are spilling mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours playing it yeah yeah oh uh, shit let's go to another question from a listener Uh, my name is Dana Powell. I'm from originally from Missouri, but I live in Los Angeles. And I was wondering, ZQ, just how often you think of me? Like how often on a daily basis? Yeah. On yeah. a daily basis, do you think of me? Oh, yeah. In our times together, we spend a lot of time in a van together traveling to children's shows. And I just wonder if you ever think of me. Was that Dana Who Powell of TV's Modern Family? <laughs> I do believe, I do believe that was Dana Powell of Modern Family fame. Uh, DP, if there were 25 hours in the day, I would think of you 25 hours in the day. Oh. Yeah. See that? That's so sweet. God damn right it is. Where do you go with that? (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't even know what to say behind that. I guess we're done. I guess we're done. Yeah. See you later, everyone. I love you, DP. This is a real question. Okay, so for everyone listening, ZQ was a musical theater major originally as well. We seem to always circle back to theater on this podcast because someone was asking me about not knowing all the options available, like when you don't end up being an actor. 
and you were successful, right? And you play, you did sound design for theater. I think you directed some, like you are a great actor. And I, what would you give as advice for kids who are a couple years out of school and trying to like, starting to realize maybe they're looking for something else to do uh, that's not acting? I think be open to it. There is a big component there. Because I did struggle for a little while of what the fuck do I want to do? Do I want to pursue this? Do I want to pursue acting? It takes a lot of soul searching and and like what kind of self-analysis, both from like where you feel you are from a talent standpoint and being really honest with yourself about that, what you really love to do, what you really feel like you're passionate about, uh, what you're willing to compromise on, what you're not willing to compromise on. So I think like having an honest conversation with yourself is pretty pivotal. You have to be cool with who you are as a person and know what your strengths are and know what your weaknesses are and be ready to bolster those weaknesses and be ready to continue with your strengths. It's all very important to do self-analysis and self-education. I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people that that can kind of be a little, I don't know, I'm sure that there'll, there'll be people that disagree with me on this and, and how I'll phrase this, but there can be people that are boorish about what they want, but not what necessarily they should be doing, mm. which is, I think, a hard reality. And I think for me, it was, I thought that I was capable as an actor. I didn't think I was the best. I thought that I knew what I was good at and I... I knew that there was a certain point that I wasn't willing to what I viewed as giving up my life for the audition cycle. Mm -hmm. I was so over auditions and I was so tired of going to tons of auditions just to see if I could get rent when I also didn't feel like I wanted to just do anything to make a buck with acting. For my own personal stake, it was more of like, that's where I expressed myself artistically. I didn't want to become a commercial artist. I wanted to become an artist. That became very difficult whenever it was like, maybe you'll get an industrial, maybe. (laughs) But I also knew that I was super passionate about sound design. I didn't realize that until I opened myself up to it. I mean, I didn't do well in my sound design class in college. You know, <laughs> Me like neither. it was, I think I got a C. <laughs> Me too. It was my first C of my entire life. It's just like, yeah, this is cool. And I always liked recording stuff, but it just wasn't, it wasn't my bag for, for that particular thing. But then games were always a huge passion for me and and writing music was always a passion for me. Even though I don't really write music much anymore, I do it for myself. Like I wrote, I wrote a few scores for a few games. And I hated the process of it because I felt like I was exposing myself artistically and I hated the feedback. And I was also a full-time employee while I was also doing all the sound design and all the other audio direction for the project. Like there are some projects that I would spend my day in the office working on sound designing, getting all of the sounds in the game, working on voiceover, directing, implementation, and then go home and work on music until like three in the morning for that same game. That, that takes a toll. It was kind of one of those defining moments for me that I was just kind of like, you know what? 
I'm totally cool with whoring myself out as a sound designer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally cool with being a commercial artist on that front. But with music and with acting, I have like this other kind of tier that I I don't let myself do that unless it's something that I really believe in or something that's really Mm -hmm. passionate for me. I think you also rolled it back up to a piece of good advice, which is like everything comes back around just because you leave the acting industry. It doesn't mean you failed or that you are leaving it forever because your skills you acquire, which is one of our Mm -hmm. favorite things now, thanks to Mark Mm -hmm. Fisher, they don't go away as long as you keep them warm. You know, right, exactly. And, and it is a muscle like there's there's certainly things that I have let go. If you threw me on stage right now, I'd probably just break my hip and urinate myself and <laughs> vomit, you know, like I, I'd I, pay I, money I, to see that. Yeah. Um, I just I love that that your process it, it very it parallels almost like the creation of a new musical or a play in that mm. your work you it's not a nonstop thing. You go mm-hmm. home, you think about it. There's one hundred and seven hours in that week, but also yeah. like trying not to give up yourself for the sake mm-hmm. of like a like a sellout situation or what you feel is selling out artistically and what i'm hearing more now t- talking to people it happens more in life is like you don't want to sacrifice yourself for what you deem to be a sellout situation but you can quantify some things like the character work that you do for a monster yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's funny how the brain works that way of like this is my creativity versus my commercial viability it's interesting to me to think across genre and across different jobs to hear that it's a thing in everything yeah in some ways i think it's also part of all of us getting older and kind of understanding where our limits are and where they aren't uh so i think that's a human nature thing but i think that there's also a pretty big component of that in all creative industries there does get to be a point after you've gone through some some pretty heinous projects that you learn how to triage. Okay, this is super important. We're going to prioritize that over there. We're going to get this over here, this over here. This is what we're going to spend our energy on. This down here, I don't give a shit about that. Mm. It might've been something that I cared about 12 years ago and kept myself up at nights wondering why I didn't spend more time working on that. But you know, after you have experience and after you have you know just life, you start to understand it's just like, ah, no, that shit isn't worth it. Let's focus on the things that matter to you and that's what you're good at and what you will be successful at. Agreed. I just want to swing back and be super clear. I have no limits and I am certainly not getting older. So speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. <I> mean... <laughs> There's no wrinkles there. There's nothing there. There's no bags and no Botox. Look at that. That's what whiskey yeah. will do for yeah, you. Nothing. Whiskey and sketch. Nothing. Whiskey and sketch. I have nothing to uh, rebut to that. (laughs) (laughs) But. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of rebut, can we just go to question four real quick? Yeah. Are you still, are you still thinking about me right now though? 26 hours. still thinking about me. (laughs) He's just changed the clock for you. He's he's changed. He's changed the clock for you. I'm obsessed with her and your relationship. I can't wait to get hear more about it later. Oh, oh, okay. I have something that has to do with all of that. Backing up earlier to your advice with the college kids, um, Mm -hmm. I started thinking about how I did terribly in uh, sound design class and in theory. And then I started imagining how much of no help I would be in a session with you uh, as a musician, (laughs) Um, which then led me to think about, have you guys heard H. John Benjamin, voice actor, his album? Spokesman for Arby's also. Where he (laughs) can't play the piano? No. You guys, he made a full fucking album with the best jazz studio musicians in Los Angeles. And then he just solos. He plays the piano, but he can't play the piano. 
I and love it's this. a whole album. <laughs> I'm checking this is immediate. Can we put yes. this in the show notes oh too? God. Can we put this in out there for people? Is it public? I, okay. Please do that. Yeah. There's like a song that I think is called I Can't Play the Piano Part One. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> Oh my God. Who are your, okay, quick one on voice, voice acting for, in case we have anybody listening, that's a voice actor. What are like the hallmarks of your favorite voice actors that you like to work with? Three things that you love about those people. That's a commonality. Uh, good to work with. That's always number one for me. It's like, if we're going to be in sessions for hours and days and stuff like that, that's just like with anyone. It's like anyone that, that I hire, we go through a pretty big personality comparison to see if it's someone that you can go through the trenches with. Mm. If it's someone that that's an ass, then it's going to like might take someone that may not nail the character 1000% as long as the working relationship's a little bit better. Mm. That and work ethic, like all, all that kind of stuff is, is, is part of it. Uh, so that's number one. For stuff that, that I'm working on, a lot of it has to do with stamina. That's a really, really big thing because what we work on, it's very, very intense. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of content. It's it's not like a typical VO session if you're doing a commercial or if you're doing, you know, an animated short or an animated feature or anything like that. It's long. And there are some sessions that can go on for weeks. Like you'll have days that you have to do okay, we need to do exerts like you are lifting a rock for the next hour. And now we need to go up to a heavier rock. And then we need to go to (laughs) the heaviest rock. Now it's the day that we die all day. And we have to die by falling. We have to die by stabbing. We have to die by being burned to death. We have to die by being run over, by being shot, by being stabbed. It's just like you have all of this stuff and you just need people that have the instrument and the technique and the training to be able to withstand that without blowing themselves out. And it's hard. Okay, so round back, you have... Don't be a dick uh, mm-hmm. if you want to be a voice actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Have the stamina and be ready to mm-hmm. fucking work. What's number three for you? I think um, willing to play. I think mm. that's like a really, really big thing of just like, don't go in there expecting to just kind of spout something off and be done. Like be ready to experiment. Be ready to, Andrew, kind of like what you said, be ready to workshop for a little bit because oh, yeah. you know sometimes we do have a, a pretty strong direction of what this character is. But when I go into a session, I also like bringing what the actor has in mind into that. Mm. It's like, okay, let's kind of establish this character together. And we did, we did a lot of that with K.I., But yeah, just like being able to have a conversation beforehand and just show off concept art, show off some gameplay footage and just kind of be like, what do you think? What do you think this person would sound like whenever she spins around and throws a bunch of knives at you and has this cape whirling around? And what do you think that (laughs) that vocal quality might be? So number three, be a fucking collaborator. Big time. And I think that's I think that speaks to everybody is that don't be fearful in the room. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there is a director, there's an art director, but you were hired to do a job and yeah. they want to yeah. see how your creativity, what you can bring to the project. So don't be scared to be you. Yeah, exactly. You're the professional, yeah. you know? And yeah. again, C point A, don't be a dick about it. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are expecting for the most part. I'm not, I mean I haven't been involved with with teams where people are are pricks in the VO session, like directors or anything like that. It's, but I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure that some people feel 
less than uh, creatively open, but uh, I certainly look for people that, like you're saying, is uh, just to collaborate and, and someone that's willing to experiment and, and to play. And I think that's what it's about. I mean, that's what it is. Play. Play in life. Play. ZQ, thank you, man, for coming on here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a game. We're all playing, you know? Life it's, is a game. Uh, we're all playing. Right. Well, and also the game that I'm making is a game that you should play. Now I've lost the thread. I don't Whoa. know where we are now. No, no, no. You're exactly right because we're going to wrap this fucking thing up right now. What else do you got going on? What are you What are you working on right now? Speaking of the game that you're that I should play. Well, so working on stuff at Playground that I can't talk about. Uh, okay, that helps us. And in, in, in a couple of years, yeah. Uh, we'll circle back. Check back in a couple of years. Uh, I still have like my little side project that I do with my brother, uh, Winter Night Games. We kind of work on little video game projects or tabletop game projects together from afar and i'm working on a new little experimental project right now it's just a goofy little thing but it's just a way for me to learn a new game engine still can't talk about it no names yep it's okay. basically a version of <laughs> of asteroids but it has my dog in it that's basically yeah, all it is right all now. right elfsteroids <laughs> it's elfsteroids it's elfsteroids Elf, we're thinking of calling it elfroids but oh, oh, I think, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. even better <laughs> So, and there's, there's like other projects we're kind of thinking about long range. And and then I have a little music project called uh, single frequency that I kind of putter around with my own little brain dribblings and come up with musical experiments based around that kind of stuff. So that's. To interject, ZQ keeps saying they're little projects. They're not. He has a full fucking game he put out that's on Steam called Archangel. They did a Kickstarter. House of the Seven Stars. I. I personally, like, guys, I saw the very beginning. It was like a nightmare murder basement at his brother's house where there were post-it notes, like, all over right. the wall. I, I mean, I saw that with my own two eyes at the beginning. And now you have a real game that is yeah, out on yeah. Steam that, that people was, play. God, when you saw that, that was, like, 2012 or 2013, maybe, something like that. That would be 13, was, I bet. It was, like, five years on and off of us just kind of plowing away whenever we had time released it last summer my buddy chad cider did the did the score for it and it was just kind of remarkable to watch him work in in ridiculous you know financial limitations because this was not something that had (laughs) money behind it but like yeah like we recorded at the bridge in la which is where walking dead is recorded that's so cool um um, I still kind of like update it. I'm, I still have like some ideas of of like some additional features down the road for it. But for all intents and purposes, it's it's out in the wild and it's done. So the next one will Elfroids, whatever that's going to be. Uh, but then, yeah, it's we're just always kind of thinking about stuff. Like I say, it's not like a financially lucrative venture. Passion projects, though. Yeah, they're passion projects and they're things to. My brother and I are, are pretty similar in a lot of ways, as Jess can attest. So true. <laughs> and it's a good way for us to to make sure that as we get older, that we're we're staying in touch and, and challenging each other, you know, to kind of do goofy things and, and do different stuff that that our everyday lives don't necessarily always allow for from a time standpoint. So we kind of make the time and just have fun doing it. And there it is, folks, from ZQ's mouth. Keep playing. Bah. Always be a child. Keep playing. Bah. Yeah. That's right. Andrew and I have learned so much on today's episode of Take Me to Coffee. And if you're listening and you find that you have a question for ZQ, head over to tm2cpodcast.com slash ask a question. And you can actually submit a video question for ZQ. And if he's uh, feeling frisky, we'll get get you an answer and put it up on our Instagram. 
Thanks, yeah. ZQ. Well, Thank ZQ, you hey, where can we where can we find you on social if we're going to look for you? Because people want to follow you. I know they will after all these games come out. And plus, you know, Killer Instinct. I mean, people want to follow you, right? Mm. So where can we find you? <laughs> uh, probably the best one's Twitter. It's just uh, ZQ underscore audio. That's that's probably the best one. My Instagram's just pictures of food. So that's nothing. <laughs> Perfect. He's a, <laughs> he's a renaissance yeah. man, folks. He's a renaissance man. Good stuff. ZQ, man, thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, y'all. This was so much fun. We're alone. Uh, H. John Benjamin's piano playing skills really puts me in the mood. For what? An outro to a podcast? Recording my farts. <laughs> Does seem to go together, right? <laughs> Any kind of slow talking and farts sounds really good to me. So the episode that we just recorded <laughs> kind of centered around <laughs> ambient noise and farts. <laughs> What an interesting too. conversation. <laughs> I've I learned so much. I know. Again, I feel like this podcast is really for you guys that are listening, but also truly. It's basically helping us learn how to get work. Exactly. More work. Because <laughs> you, you, you asked those questions and I, I was like, my ears pricked up really big. I was like, so how do I book more work? What do you so want to see? Have you ever had that feedback? Because I have. I did a spot for Starbucks a couple years ago, and I was at 72 and Sunny, which is like this huge agency, and I always make friends with the engineers. And the engineer was telling me, like, they often get folks in there who are not willing to play, like on commercials even, like to try something different or to just be cool. And, like, we had to sit around while they were waiting for client feedback, you yeah. know, so we, like, hang out for yeah, an hour. Right. So I really yeah. – I think that's really good advice, and I have certainly personally heard that kind of feedback before too. It's true. I've been in uh, in a bunch of rooms like that, and I've also been in the you know in the cartoon world. I've been in the the mocap. I've done a couple of things for Rockstar as well. And you're off camera or off mic more than you're on mic usually, and you don't mm-hmm. want to be a dick. Like you want to be able to fucking hang out with these people. They're your peers. You may be working for them, but you're also like you could potentially be working with these people forever. That's the cool part is like I've like fostered so many relationships just being a normal human being in the room and talking about like, here's my family, here's my kids, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We get we to chit chat. As long as you're normal and you're not a dickhead, they keep asking you back because you're easy to work with. And I mean, talent aside, like being easy to work with is like 85% of like what it is, honestly. No, and that really goes for any industry. If you're listening, you're not an actor. I mean, the serial entrepreneur that secretly mentored me, even though he had no idea he was doing it because I was just paying attention all the time when I was working for him. He has an online community around a piece of education software that is thousands and thousands of people. And he has like the number one thing (laughs) you get when you try to buy this course is we have a firm no dickheads rule. Which is like my favorite thing in the entire world, you know, and they really mean it. Like they do not let you buy that software if you have to do an interview call. And if you are a dick, the person who does the interview call is allowed to be like, that person's a dick and that you can't buy the education class. You just can't. (laughs) I love it. So you're not really teaching dickheads to not be dickheads. You're saying, you know what? You're out to pasture. Go figure yourself out. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm going to be the dickhead now. We got to see if that uh, entrepreneur will come on this podcast because he's built an amazing community around what he's done. And he's like, he's so himself all the time. No dickheads. No, that's what I'm saying is like he's he's inside and the dickheads are outside. He's surrounded by dickheads. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) 
That's so stupid. I hate you. Oh, y'all, don't forget to follow our guest today, ZQ, Zach Quarles, on Twitter. He's at ZQ underscore audio. And on Instagram, he's at the mighty ZQ. And I know he said it's just food photos, but he makes really good food. So you should definitely follow mm, him if you're into cooking. Yeah. The Mighty ZQ. And you know what you can do? You can head over to Twitter and follow us at TM2C Podcast to ask your questions for our upcoming guests. Y'all, that is it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee with Zachary Quarles. And now it is your turn. Quarles. Not like fight. Quarles. Quarles. I'm not, I'm not fighting. One, check out all of our brand new episodes coming at you every Thursday on your favorite podcasting platform. Number two, there was so much going on in our video Zoom today. So if you would like to view some special bonus content, including being able to see uh, exactly what a Pacific Northwest sound designer looks like. Or if you must see Jess's non-wrinkly close-up, I'm talking no crow's feet, folks. It's because she drinks a ton of scotch. Pickled from the inside. That's it. Pickled from the inside, Ryan. Just Ryan. That's what they call me. Also, if you would like to speculate whether or not ZQ was wearing pants during this interview, join our coffee club over at Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. Your contribution helps us continue to make this podcast for you, with you, and completely ad-free. You heard it. Ad-free. Get at us. And y'all, number three, don't forget to download these episodes and be sure to leave us that sweet review. I'm Jess. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. Always the last word. Always the last word. You can't get it.